The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Topic. Now, between the years of 99 and 2015, many self employed workers at UK owned post offices were wrongly accused of theft, fraud, and false accounting due to a glitch in the software of a countrywide system called Horizon, which had been supplied by Fujitsu under contract to the Royal Mail. Now, many of these people are seeking justice for the wrong that was done to them and have appealed their convictions. And all of this brought to major prominence by the four-parter on ITV called Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Well, joining me on the programme today is a man who helped make some of those appeals happen as he helped overturn the convictions of 42 postmasters and postmistresses. I'm joined now by barrister, columnist and author Sam Fowles. Sam, good morning. Good morning. Uh, having watched Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, I have to say, uh, even though I'm in a different jurisdiction, I was incensed at, if you like, Big Brother doing down these ordinary people. Yeah, it was... I don't tend to get too emotional about cases, but this was really a a completely different one. And learning about the the people that I represented and learning their stories, I was, A, filled with, you know, real, real emotion. It was really very difficult for us, but more just absolute admiration of these individuals who have been persecuted some of them for their entire adult lives and yet still found the the courage and the strength to keep fighting and to come back to court and and face the post office once again you talk of one young woman 18 years of age uh who was done over by the post office at that tender age and for all of her adult life she's been embroiled in a fight yeah that's right and it's it's not you know, it's not like getting a, a parking ticket or something. A conviction for dishonesty, uh, certainly in the UK, is something that sticks with you and just and impacts on on every aspect of your life. Whether you're trying to get a job, whether you're, whether you're trying to get get a mortgage or, or rent a house, that because it's a dishonesty conviction, it's always part of your story. And so, it's not just that she was she was in the fight; um, it's that she could never she could never leave it. It dominated her whole life. Now, the extraordinary thing about this is that it, it turned out that Fujitsu could uh, remotely access any of these terminals right throughout the country. And not alone could they, they did. Uh, but initially, they didn't publicise that fact to the post office. But eventually, the post office did know that they could do it and didn't fess up. And this is the core of the, the whole thing. It's just a story of people in power not being interested in, in anything that would would cause them the remotest bit of difficulty. So it's now public uh, in the public domain that there's error reports that go back to the 90s with Horizon, knowing that this, this computer system didn't work, was producing false results. At any point, the post office could have found out about that. We learned from the, uh, the inquiry session yesterday that um, at, from at, at least the sort of the the teens from 2010 or, or there, there or thereabouts onwards, investigators were aware of some sort of uh, some sort of mass mass problems. And yet, instead of investigating this and saying, "Look, have we got this wrong? Um, is there a, is there a, a deeper problem rather than the di- rather than sub postmasters?" They actually offered sub postmasters they were convicting lesser sentences if they publicly said that there was nothing wrong with the Horizon system. Even though they knew, they knew there was something wrong 
with the Horizon system. Exactly. You just wonder about the the integrity and the moral probity of, of these people. You know, how do they sleep at night knowing that they were responsible for all of this and trying to still shift the blame onto the hapless postmaster or postmistress? Indeed. And it's unfortunately, while this is one of the the largest miscarriages of justice in in British history, it's it's worryingly similar to so many other miscarriages miscarriages of justice, um, where just time and time again, people in power thought it was okay for ordinary people to take the rap or to take the pain, um, so long as it protected our our so-called venerable institutions or or our leaders or our powerful people. And the the, the struggles that the sub postmasters have faced in trying to get out get out the truth and get uh, get to justice are so similar to those that were faced by. For example, the the victims of the Hillsborough uh, disaster, or people wrongly convicted in for the Birmingham uh, pub bombings or the Guildford bombings, um, or people currently who were victims of the Windrush scandal, where people uh, where I- I- immigrants and their descendants were persecuted by the Home Office. It, we just keep seeing this again and again and again in the UK. Now, tell me about your own efforts in the appeal process. What were the key moments for you that allowed the appeals uh, to to go through and your clients vindicated? Mm. Well, very early on, the post office admitted that they uh, hadn't disclosed evidence to to my clients and to to the the, the wider group of of appellants. And so this, this was pretty much on its own enough to, to make the convictions unsafe and to s- secure an uh, acquittal. But, and that's because in, in, in the justice system, there's a hard and fast rule that you have to give the other side all of the relevant evidence that you have, and they have to give all of the relevant evidence that they have so that you, you fight the case on equal terms. And that just didn't happen in the case of the, the sub-postmasters. But that wasn't the only thing. And this was the, the, the part that I had the, the most to do with. Um, was looking for what's called a higher level abuse of process. And this was to say it's not just that they didn't get a fair trial. It's that they should never have been put on trial at all because the post office abused its power to prosecute by just going after the uh, postmasters rather than making the efforts to investigate the real causes behind the issues. And this resulted in the Court of Appeal making a ruling that it's not just about whether they had a fair trial, but it concluded that it, the, the very fact that they were tried at all offends the conscience of the court that this matter was brought before it. And that's a, a, a form of words that the Court of Appeal does not use very often and only use in the most serious circumstances. Now, the big lie, uh, if everything I saw in Mr Bates versus the Post Office is, is accurate, the big lie was, you are the only one when you call yes. the helpline. No, no, we haven't heard of this problem from anybody before. No, you are the only one. Yes, and again, this is a, this is a tactic that is, is used so much. That was what, the, what people complaining about Hillsborough uh, were told. Um, and they, it, it isolates individuals. And makes them makes them think that this is this is just them. The problems with them, not not more widely. But we, the the post office at the time, either did know 
or should have known that this was not the case because they were getting error reports from Horizon across the board, even from, and there's reports from even when it was first being tested, when it was first rolled out in the, in the late 90s, bits of it didn't work. And this, the I- irony, the tragic irony is that if they had at the time said, yes, all right, we, this computer system we've, uh, we've purchased, we're very proud of it, but there are problems with it and we've got to bring it back and we've got to fix them and moved on. No one would have batted an eyelid. It was the late 90s. Everything has computer problems. That happens. But instead of undergoing that very, very small bit of embarrassment, the post office put the blame on sub-postmasters and then concealed the fact that they were receiving error reports left, right and centre. Now, the the question of exoneration of everybody, a a kind of pardon to accelerate the whole uh, appeal process. What do you think of Rishi Sunak's announcement? I think with my with my heart, I think do whatever it takes to exonerate these people as quickly as possible. But un- unfortunately, with my head, I find Rishi Sunak's approach deeply troubling because uh, what it means, uh, what it represents is as a precedent for parliament and politicians to jump over the independence of the courts and compromise the independence of the courts and um, overturn convictions, but not based on facts or on law, but based on political convenience. And this is a matter of political convenience. The government has known that these convictions were unsafe since at least 2021, arguably since 2019 or, or earlier. They're only, this has only become an issue now because it's come up to the front of the, the news agenda with the brilliant uh, ITV drama. And it's, it's really worrying when justice becomes about politics uh, rather than about mm. what's right and, and what's wrong. And finally, Sam, have uh, people continued to suffer? Have those who sought justice been punished in any way? Um, you know, is there a little bit of retribution going on? There's, there's beginning to be talk about retribution, and a big talk from the, the government. But actually, since 2021, when the Court of Ex- Appeal really exposed all of this, Fujitsu, the company that uh, runs Horizon, has been given an additional two billion in government contracts. The, the current government has taken uh, donations from uh, people high up in Fujitsu and has put them onto public, uh, in, into, into public, publicly funded positions of, of power. And so while there is, is now some big talk going on, at the same time, there is still a, a, a deep web in, in which the, the, the culprits here, the people who caused this, are really embedded in the, in the British state. And while you, you might see a couple of scapegoats, most are going to remain, I think, in a very secure hmm. position. Will uh, bonuses be returned? Will the incentive payments paid to the fraud inspectors be returned? Will people lose their jobs? Will people be charged? Well, there's no no suggestion of bonuses being returned at this point. People have been calling for Paula Venels, who was CEO of the post office for some of the, the time this was going on, to return her, her bonus. She doesn't appear to have done so so far. She has returned her CBE, um, although that's really a... Um, a bit of a performative action because actually you legally you can't return a CBE. The king has to take it away from you um, because we still like these medieval traditions in the, in Britain. Um, what is interesting is that the the Metropolitan Police have launched a fraud investigation into the post office itself, and so if the police uh, were to find that individuals have made dishonest statements 
um, or the post office as a whole has made dishonest statements in order to make a profit or in order to gain in some way, we may see some fraud charges brought further down the line against the post office and its workers this time, rather than against uh, postmasters. Sam Fowles, barrister, columnist and author. Thank you very much uh, for joining us on the programme. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.